I want to welcome you to the Arrow Heights podcast, broadcasting live from Arrow Heights Baptist Church in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. My name is Ryan Smith. My name is Nathan Copeland. And my name is Josh White. You guys doing okay today? Doing well. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hey, we have reason to celebrate. We do. We have reason to celebrate because, ladies and gentlemen, you are not just listening to the Arrow Heights podcast in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, but you are listening to number four podcast in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Whoa! Now we we say this humbly. <laughs> no, we don't. We are gonna and tote this flag, man. Number four podcast in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. In Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, on the fifteen best Broken Arrow podcasts. Number there four. are fifteen podcasts. There's well, there's a hundred. They just only let us see the top fifteen. You have get, to pay to out. see the other hundred. Get uh, out. Yeah, thank you for thank you for listening. That's right. Yeah, you you guys uh, you guys made this happen. We owe this to our tens of listeners, uh, and <laughs> you you guys you, you came through. Right? We don't assuming know how. Assuming that this is valid, we just got a, an email. If you Google it, it's Th- the first true. thing that comes up. You Excellent. Google top podcasts in Broken Arrow, and we come up as number four behind Church on the Move. No, I wonder. You know, you can't say who. I can't say, you who. can't say who. Well, we gotta, we gotta knock them off. The, we gotta no, know what our targets we praise are. Praise the Lord that His word carries forth through whatever instrument. But we need to tell them we're coming for them. Like we're moving up next year. No, we, we need to let the Lord be sovereign over the list. Now, he now, will, and we know we're going to be number one. <laughs> well, j- just for, for clarity's sake, we did not go seeking this out. We do not look at ratings. We were notified of this. We were. Yeah, we didn't ask for it. In fact, whenever we started this podcast a year plus, a year and a month, year and two months ago, we, we said this is for our people, and it still is for our people, but apparently Broken Arrow is our people. Yes. <laughs> hey. I was going to say, this is not you know the top this is not the fourth most listened to podcast in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. This is the fourth most listened to podcast in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma that is produced in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Oh, is I, that right? I, I I don't know. This is best Broken Arrow podcast. Okay. Well, there you I, that's just, I mean. We'll go ahead and say can, worldwide. <laughs> that's right. Uh, it's from thousands of podcasts on the web and ranked by traffic, social media followers, and freshness. Wow. Whoa, <laughs> y'all! We fresh. That 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 freshness is probably what what bumped us. Up I, I think so. And so somebody needs to let Willie George know we're coming for him. Knock knock a church on the move off the top. We're we're gonna we're gonna come. Okay. We're coming for number one. We 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 appreciate all the ways that the gospel <laughs> goes out. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's fu- that's fun. That's neat. Fun. They, they, thank you for fun. listening. We we we're, we're a bit silly with it, but uh, that's that's enjoyable. It's good to know that people are listening. Yeah, sure. yeah. Give us a reason to celebrate. And hey, other people. Hopefully, other people are listening. How cool would that be? If, yeah, uh, we're making a bigger impact than just our people. Even though that is who we care about. That's yeah. who we're pastoring and leading, and that's who this is for. But hey, if other people benefit, bring it on. Yeah, cool. Okay, let's uh, dive into some questions. Actually, 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 we had homework oh, yes, given yes, to yes. Pastor Ryan, and and remarkably so. We had several submissions for uh, poetry readings from Ryan's Poetry Corner. From Ryan's Poetry Corner. The first poem 
that was sent. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this the little college try. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mock the poetry as we said on the last podcast, which was very fresh of us. <laughs> Freshness. That's right. Uh, we just we said you know of all the genres. Uh, that one can read. I have trouble connecting with poetry. Mm. And you, Nathan, said you must read it out loud to to fully sometimes, uh, yeah. 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 And and so so I'm I'm gonna practice what you have preached. It's built for the ear. Yes. Built for built for the ear. That's right. Ryan's poetry corner, built for the ear. We so have. uh did we have a, a wonderful church member that gave me a, a book of a poetry uh, from from John Piper from uh, the from the Book of Job, um, who, and who we, is who is quite a poet. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As and although I really struggled not to hear it in his voice. <laughs> well, you, you know, could the, try that afternoon beneath the gray and boding sky, the glory and, of God, yeah. and then just really big arms. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, I guess yeah. All right. So so we had ones emailed in. So we'll we'll read that one. Mm-hmm. Yep, sweet. Do you have that on your... I've, okay, I've cool. Uh, and it is anonymous, but we all know Which that means that means... The emailer wrote it. Yeah. Totally wrote it, but that's okay. Uh, so yeah, you... Uh, hey, dive in, man. Read them both. All right. We hope, that, we hope this is a blessing so, to you. So Jimmy. this first one was written by a church member. We well, think. we don't know. It says anonymous. Hmm. That's a wink, wink. You hmm. know, we think... We, we're assuming a lot, okay. but yeah. In the in the days of Google, nothing is anonymous. Nothing's anonymous. That's right. If they yeah. put it online, we know where it is. So we'll find you. Okay. Okay. Do you want me to do the chimes again? Uh, I think we need to. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yes. Here we go. Ready? Oh grace, oh grace, you owe us not, for we could not earn what could only be bought. Bought by the blood of our Lamb and our Lord, O grace so sweet, paying what we could never afford. You owe us not any, yet you paid it all. Our Lord and our Lamb is Lord over all. It's really good. I I didn't do it well. I I think it wasn't bad. It's the cadence. It, and this was my first out loud read through. This was a harder one. Yeah, I tried to read through it too, and it's not. There's not a like a. It's it's got a different meter that I haven't figured out yet. I'll, I'll just say that that's partially not your fault. I'm, I'm no poetry expert, but some of the meter here um, could could use a little work. But it's it's really nice. I like that. I, I think we could oh, yeah. we could probably write a song yeah. from that. Yeah. Love it, love it. Let, let me let me let me try one of John Piper's. Uh, this one is not anonymous. Okay, here we go. And every seven days Job made a sacrifice for them he laid. A lamb across the stone and prayed, O God, if they have sinned and played, the fool and cursed your name, lay not this folly to their charge, but blot it out in the lamb's blood and heed my prayer far better one should bleed for all than all unpardoned live and prosper without God, forgive. O Lord, and let your pardon pull my sons from wealth and make them full. Of God, thus Job would bow and seek to save his children every week. That's good. Very nice. That's some good poetry, John Piper. That's some good poetry. Did, 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 you, did you feel anything in your cold, dead heart? I did a little did bit. You, yeah? I, I yeah. almost felt as though, I a, up? as though I have a soul. <laughs> no, uh, no, that's uh, I, I, that's that's good, and I, I recognize that the way he kind of broke that up was almost uh, 
for lack of a better term, Jay Z ish. Jay Z ish. In putting like the he didn't end with the end, but puts the end at the beginning of the. You know, I've not that I listened to Jay Z. I read about it <laughs> in a book. <laughs> you just added yourself. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, Job uh, one five, and it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. That's his children. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus, Job did continually. Hmm. Hmm. See, that's good. I, also, sub note, I would listen to you read the Bible on audio, <laughs> on audiobook. That's it's good. But yeah, okay. My, my yeah. kids make fun of me. I have read the Bible, certain passages into my phone, a uh, voice memo thing. And sometimes I'll listen to them and like they're like, Dad. Seriously, you listen to yourself read the Bible. Well, it's not because it's me reading the Bible. It's because certain passages I just want. Maybe I'm memorizing them or something like that. So, yeah, I've 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 read the Bible into. uh, I've recorded myself reading the Bible. Mm. I'm gonna hack your phone. I I haven't gotten I haven't gotten paid for it or anything. But you know, well, hey, you know, there's there's a market. ESP's charging now. I tell you that ESB Bible app, it was great until they started saying, Oh, to listen to Kristen Getty read the Bible, now you have to pay. It's hey, like, but also oh, it's worth on. it. Is it it's did worth you, it because you, you can you can mix the the music or oh. the background. You can pick the background, you can pick the voice and it okay. reads straight through and, and you don't have to have the text up, which was always a an issue. So I I, I think it's a well well worth the effort. But thank you, church member, for uh for this book. The po- poem that I have read, even I've even enjoyed. the title there is poetic. Yeah, the misery of Job and the mercy of God. Hmm. Hmm. Well put. Yeah. yeah, very very nice, very nice. If you have more uh, submissions to Ryan's Poetry Corner, feel free to send those in, and uh, I'll I'll do my best. Yeah, we got to right on. We got to play some more with the uh, with the sound sound pads. I think that was pretty awesome. Cr- crickets in the background. It's very like fresh. That? Yeah, it's fresh. Total, totes amounts of freshness. Number four. Okay, cool. Uh, let's dive into some questions for today. Uh, first question we're going to jump into comes from uh, the sermon. Uh, did we do four, 60 through 72 yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, that was yesterday, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Uh, Mark 14, verses 60 through 72. And the question is, could Peter hear and see what was going on in the courtyard of the high priest and see Jesus? We see in Luke twenty two sixty one 61, that the Lord, it says that the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter when the rooster crowed. And so uh, could Peter hear and see what was going on? Yeah, we don't fully know the exact layout where Peter was in the courtyard, what angles there were or where he was allowed to go or not go. We know that he did go to the fire um, where he was warming himself. And then after that, he went back into the passageway, which would have been, you know, shadowed, kind of a bit of a bit of a tunnel. I believe in, in Luke's account, we learned that at that point, it wasn't that Jesus was up in the room, but he was being led back through the courtyard, and I believe it even says the passageway. So I, th- I think this was a very close in proximity uh, look. I don't think it was just a, a distant glance. It was walking right by, uh, which, which he would have done had he been in the passageway. Very nice. You, you really, I think, always do a really good job, Ryan, of sort of painting the picture and bringing in at key moments, uh, parallel passages from other Gospels and kind of giving us a lot of the background material and, and like I said, sort of painting the picture of what's what's going on. And particularly right here as 
as the, the, the action sort of slows down, there are so many things that happen um, that, that we really have to get from other Gospels to sort of piece the timeline together. And I think it's, it's really important to do that. It's important also to, to read each evangelist on his own, uh, because he's making a specific point, but also to kind of see how these things uh, layer over each other to give us a more fulsome picture of kind of what's happening. And it's so interesting to see, uh, like, for example, Pilate's wife and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. This sort of played out uh, in, in ways, that if you just read Mark's account, for example, it happens very quickly. But we're talking about several hours and things happening. At one point, Pilate sends Jesus back to, is it Herod? Uh, and they weren't friends, but then they were friends, you know, kind of uh, trying to to figure out this Jesus uh, problem, Jesus situation, right? So anyway, yeah, just really helpfully putting those things together in the sermon on Sunday. And you can't you can't get to all of it mm. because there's just so much happening there. I haven't read one of these in quite a while, but my grandmother a long time ago gave me a book that's called a. Uh, uh, what kind of what is it called? We have like all four gospel accounts put together. Interleaved, Inter- maybe uh, interleaved. Something like that. No, uh, it, it's it's a uh, yeah parallel gospel, something like that. Yeah, but you can you can get these uh, where basically it just kind of has all four evangelists sort of on one page, and kind of you get to see how they interact and see what comes where. And this guy actually a lot happens between let's say verses you know five and six or whatever the case may be. Really interesting to kind of see that, especially here in this scene, uh, when there's just a lot happening. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and that's a bit of a delicate balance, because there's a reason that Mark mm-hmm. or Peter you know, included what he included. And so as you're walking through that book, you want to be faithful to you know, major on what they majored on. But as, as you said, there's, there's, there's so much material there that helps round it out. Yeah. I think that's the the beauty and even the genius to a degree of the gospels, the fact that we have four distinct right. uh, you know accounts, eyewitness accounts. And so we see it through different lenses and through different personality types and for different emphases. So it's a it's a it's a wonderful wonderful thing we have. It's part of the reason we read the the, the account from John toward the beginning of the service, and we'll probably do that again this week as well, just because John is the most uh, different angle of the four. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of parallels there too, but just to kind of, again, round out that that picture of what's happening in this key moment, uh, really the, the key moment of Mark's gospel, the key moment of all of human history, you know, stuff like that. Cool. Uh, well, you know, one, one other thing just from the sermon yesterday, like I loved, uh, and this is kind of an, an aside um, to even the question, but I think it, it could tie in potentially. But uh, I love the the trial above, trial below, Christ's trial compared uh, alongside of Peter's trial in the midst. So, where did like? Could you speak to that a little bit more? Like, yeah, that was that was not me. That was a uh, I don't remember. It, it was a couple of the commentators. It wasn't just one in particular, but they they kind of juxtaposed what was going on above with what was going on <clears throat> below. And and I thought that was really, really helpful. I was, I was like, okay, this this not only focuses on Peter, but puts Peter up alongside Christ. And so we see even more so uh, what Christ did in not only restraining his words, uh, but also seeing it through. Uh, when he had much more to lose than Peter possibly did. Yeah, and I think 
attacking in the the song Christ the True and Better Adam. Yeah. I think that was just that was just a, a awesome connection point. I don't even know if you did that intentionally, Nathan, but uh, yes, yeah, sort of. That was really great. We'll go with it. Yeah, <laughs> the Lord, man. Yeah. Uh, I just think it was yeah. cool how the Holy Spirit uses that stuff. So along those same lines, I just started looking just a little bit last night, even kind of gathering some commentaries for Mark fifteen one to fifteen. And there are, I just noticed a couple of people say, this is uh, the trial of Pilate. In other words, Pilate's putting Jesus on trial, so to speak. You know, he's kind of the judge. But in reality, what's happening there is Pilate is on trial. Mm. Because Jesus, of course, is perfectly unchanging in every single way. And he is the ultimate judge. That's great. All right, next question. Uh, this is one that was emailed uh, in, and so the question is, we actually have two, um, but we'll start with this first one. It says, what is the one thing that will help a Christian the most be or the most to be bold when boldness is needed? Uh, how can a Christian be bold when boldness is needed? Great question. Mm-hmm. Great question. Yeah. The thought that immediately comes to my mind is eternity. If you If you believe that, uh, as Scripture says, it is appointed uh, unto man to die once, and then comes judgment. And that judgment is going to be um, either judgment to hell, or Christ has taken your punishment. Welcome into the kingdom of my uh, kingdom of your Father. That heaven and hell are eternal realities. I think that that is sort of the um, that's sort of the shot in the arm that we need a lot of times to be bold. Uh, again, I hate to do this, but C.S. Lewis helps me in this way. You know, he talks about you have never met an ordinary human being, uh, but every single person that you've ever met is someone who will one day be a creature that is so terrifying and demonic that you would just run away in absolute horror, or an angelic being uh, who you would be tempted to fall down and worship if you were to see it. And so every single day, he says, we are helping one another toward one of those two ends, right, toward one of those two destinations. You've never met an ordinary human being. To me, that that really does sort of uh, give me a little jolt of saying, you know, heaven and hell are forever. And so I know it's difficult. I know it can be awkward to to step out, to say that, to, to talk to your neighbor, to even confront your own children or own family members in different situations with, you know, in love, obviously, but with the truth of the gospel. But when you when you consider how small and vaporous this life is, and how long eternity really is, which we can't conceive of, that's the that's the the ballast for our ministry boat, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That's going to keep us upright, moving in that direction toward boldness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, perspective is huge in in this discussion. I th- I think first, and this may just be crazy. Obvious, it's kind of softball, you know, but it's it's the gospel. Remembering what it is that we are sharing, that we have the opportunity to share what has been done on our behalf, just the the, the hugeness of the gospel. But but I think a second one that I would add would be the importance of local church community, and uh, not just community, but community for the sake of accountability. Mm-hmm. In that, because if I have asked you. 
Nathan to <laughs> to pray for me and hold me accountable in being bold in these certain situations, I'm much more likely mm-hmm. uh, to be active in those situations uh, sure. because I because I have an, an accountability. Yeah. Uh, so, so that that comes through small groups. That comes through. Uh, Life on life within within the local church encouragement and so I I think um, those those things help us uh, and probably it's different for each person maybe what kind of really gets us over the line but um, those are helpful helpful ideas I think uh, <clears throat> one thing that I I go to is just uh, consistent time in the Word you know time with Jesus um, understanding that you're you're growing and that he's he's growing you into uh, someone more like him each day, uh, knowing that you're you're building that foundation. You know, I think we brought up uh, Colossians two six and seven yeah. um, the other day, knowing knowing where we are, you know, remembering who we are in Christ, being rooted and established in Him, built up uh, into Christ. Uh, I think having that foundation, uh, I think, gives us the boldness uh, ahead of any trial uh, or confrontation that we walk into, uh, but also understanding that if it is from a, a person that, that is uh, coming at you asking questions, just like Peter uh, in this passage that we talked through yesterday, um, and it was a little bit different because they were abrasive and he was running from, fearful of, uh, and yet if you've got somebody coming at you, confronting you about your faith or um, just just who you are as a Christ follower, I think it helps to know where they're coming from. And so seeing that other person as, as somebody who needs Jesus just as much as you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I was uh, talking to students or when I talked to even even our small group on, on Wednesday nights for cross-training, you know, I, I bring up the fact that the person that gives grace the best is the person that need, realizes they need grace the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't take credit for that. It's a, totally a Paul Tripp thing. But um, framing the person that is inflicting that um, that need for boldness <laughs> on you, uh, I think, I think really helps, uh, for you to kind of take a step back and say, you know, just, just what Christ says, you know, he's not, they're not confronting you. They're confronting me. They're inflicting, uh, pain on me, not pain on you. And it's because of Christ in you. That's why people are coming at you. And he promises to win and, and, and protect you in the midst. So that's really good. That's really good. Uh, and I like the way you framed that also, you didn't, you didn't quite go there, but I could see in what you're saying, the, skill of asking good questions. Sure. When people are sort of uh, being antagonistic, perhaps, you know, Proverbs talks about that, you know, that the, the the heart of a man is deep waters, but the man of wisdom will draw it out, right? And so to be able to kind of slow down and begin to ask questions to where you, you, you kind of hear where their animosity is coming, it's coming from something, coming from some place of, of hurt or confusion, uh, whatever it may be, just straight rebellion, whatever it may be, but to ask those questions to sort of expose more of what they're doing, it, it allows a conversation <clears throat> in a way that can avoid some of the the real uh, difficult conflict, perhaps. I mean, maybe not, sure. but it can allow sort of a back and forth in a way that really gets to the to the heart of the issue, which that's really what we're after. We're not just trying to say, no, here's what it is, we're right. You're ministering, but you're ministering the gospel. You're ministering God's law and God's gospel. You're ministering to a person, to a specific uh, person in a specific situation with specific questions and specific uh, conflicts in their own hearts. So to try to try to uh, get get to the heart of the matter through some good questions can uh, 
if not mitigate the uh, the conflict, can at least help you understand what the conflict is really about. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, context, like being able to contextualize a person that is coming at you is is huge. Like, <clears throat> doesn't necessarily change the way that you communicate um, your response to them, but it can it can definitely take the the personalized pressure that you place on yourself whenever you're trying to answer that question uh, in a way that frees you uh, to answer truthfully in love, um, but takes some of the, just some of the anxiety off of having a response for that person. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's also something to be said for just understanding our role in, in the process. We, we have kind of been conditioned in recent decades, particularly of, of Southern Baptist ideology, that sharing the gospel is like making a sale. Mm. And when s- somebody says something where you're like, okay, you shift into this mode mm-hmm. of, okay, I've got to close this deal. Right. Uh, and that's not quite how the scripture paints it. I think, you know, First uh, Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says, I planted... Apollos watered, and God gave the growth. Yeah. So if you're entering into a conversation with somebody or, or something comes up, uh, you may say, oh, I, I, I don't have time to go into the full God. I don't, I don't you know, know what to say. Well, say what you do know. Mm-hmm. Say what you do have time to say. You, know, you, you may be simply a little bit of water uh, that God uses to sprinkle on someone else's uh, efforts previous or, or after. So uh, you're job is not to close a sale. It's just to be faithful with whatever you can be faithful with in those moments. Amen. Well said. Uh, Last question comes from one of the children. Love the children. (laughs) Love the kids questions. These are always great, always super insightful too. Uh, Question is, what did it mean when they were trying to dig up mud on Jesus? What's happening there is Ryan was being very poetic. Mm. Um, the way he was explaining that. Yeah. yeah. This is why I'm not good with poetry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the context of that, thank you for the question. Excellent question. Uh, the context of that was we were looking at Jesus before before Caiaphas, and it says they were looking for witnesses or people to to share some kind of <clears throat> accusation against Jesus. And so the... Uh, the I forget the exact wording, but it says you know they were seeking seeking out uh, people for this purpose. But the the word that uh, Mark uses there in the Greek that seeking out always has a negative connotation. So I says it's not just that they were looking for information; they were trying to dig up mud mm-hmm. on Jesus, which could be very confusing <laughs> uh, if if you're not familiar with that term. So that 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 terminology, kids, uh, really is just something that's been around for. A long time that uh, means trying to trying to make some getting get something to make someone look dirty. Uh, you're you're not trying to clarify a situation. You're trying to muddy it up to make it dirty. So if I was um, trying to dig up mud on Josh here, I'd try to find something that would make uh, something that would make him look mean or bad in other people's eyes. Yeah. Uh, so that's. That's what it means to dig up mud. That's what they were trying to do to Jesus. Yeah. I want to make him look bad. That's right. I just find it interesting, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of previewing next week, but again, just reading this morning, chapter 15 of Mark, it's very interesting that they're trying to say, you know, this guy, Jesus, he is sort of an insurrectionist. He is causing political upheaval. And of course, that's really what got Pilate's attention because mm-hmm. he knew he had to kind of keep 
these Jews in their place. And yet then they cry out and say, give us Barabbas, right? And the chief priests are stirring the crowd up and say, yeah, we want Barabbas. He's the insurrectionist. <laughs> yeah. A yeah. literal insurrectionist. <laughs> yeah. Right? You just kind of go, these guys are bogus. You know, this <laughs> yeah. is a sham from the very beginning. And again, you did a really good job of pointing that out, how at every point they were not following their own set rules of fairness and justice. But then right here, chapter 15, you know, straight away in the morning, they held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and delivered him to Pilate. To Pilate. Why? To give the appearance of, oh yeah, we, we, we've done all this the right way. This is totally in the open. Mm. They had already made the decision in the dead of night. You know, it's just a, it's just a lie mm-hmm. from beginning to end. Yeah. It's crooked. Wow. wow. Cool. Well, uh, that wraps us up for today. We want to thank you for listening to the Arrow Heights podcast, the freshness scale number four in Broken Arrow. What are we again? The more we say the word freshness, I think the less fresh. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, it's kind of like... Yeah, we're we're, we're descending way down on that list. Totally dad mode. That's okay. That's okay. It's uh, If we drop to number five or six we're still ahead of some people on that list so <laughs> we're good thanks so much for listening to the Arrow Heights podcast if you've got questions the number is 918-280-9628 and we'll talk to you next week